welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello and welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. It's terrific to have you all here. Thank you for supporting our little show. If you're listening via iTunes, please leave us a short review. And don't forget, we welcome comments and discussion on Facebook or via the page this show has on flyingsolo.com.au. Now, let me tell you about today's guest and her topic of how to turn a brand famous. Lindsay Boyd is the author of the number one brand bestseller, Brand Famous. Her book was chosen as Book of the Month by the Chartered Institute of Marketing in the UK. And last year, she was listed as number five on the top emerging female entrepreneurs to follow on Twitter. Pretty good. She's recently spoken in Europe at the Festival of Marketing, the Women of the World Festival, and is the new profile speaker for KPI in the UK and for the other well-known Australian export, Sherlaw's Coaching. She's their youngest female partner globally. Her book, Brand Famous, is an Amazon bestseller, and Lindsay is heading down under soon. Hello, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me on your show today. Oh, it's, look, it's a pleasure. And I know you're, you're right over the other side of the world in sunny old Spain at the moment, you lucky thing. So now, I am. Uh, tell me, you're, you're coming down under then. You're, you're heading our way in October, I think. So what's bringing you down here then, apart from our fine weather, of course? Uh, well, of course. I mean, everybody wants to come to Australia. And I haven't been since 2000 when I came with Mark Newsom, the guy who designed the iWatch, oh, yes. to... Um, yeah, he designed the Sydney Opera House for the Millennium, and he mm. was my first client. Get so out. I'm coming back, yeah, I'm coming back uh, many years later to speak at the Sherlaws Conference at SeaWorld on the 9th and 10th of October, um, to speak to them about brand and how to, yeah, how to build a famous brand. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay, well, look, we'll, um, we'll make sure it's very hot sunny day when you when you or sunny days when you come and join us so again oh, yeah, please okay so look brand <laughs> brand famous now this is you know it, it's uh, i've had a, a look at your book and i've i've read some of the reviews and seen some of the videos you've done and what makes your view of sort of brands and how to make a brand famous how's your kind of perspective different from others what's your kind of take on things I always talk to people and say um, there are three things that you need to do when looking at becoming a famous brand hmm. one of them is brand so most people go to market with their product and what we teach people is that market leaders go to market with their brand um, if you look at brands like apple and uh nike and you know those types of brands hmm. they'll speak to you about you know who they are and what they're doing and why they're doing it and what they want to be known for and how they want to leave people feeling they won't go out. Steve Jobs didn't go out and say, buy my iPad. Um, so that's the first thing. The second pillar that we teach people is people. Mm. So these days, particularly with digital, the person that sits behind the brand and the organization that sits behind the brand is as important as the brand itself. So the culture and people buy in, people buy into people these days. So the authenticity and the third pillar that we teach people is around purpose. So 
what is the what's the reason why you're doing it what's the kind of what's your legacy beyond fame what are you what are you wanting to leave in the world and how are you wanting to be known with your brand Hmm. well look clearly three three very sensible um pillars and uh you know brand people and purpose and i know we're not going to unfortunately get to be able to pull all of them completely apart in the time we have together but Bearing in mind, then we're we're talking here primarily to a solo business audience. That is, one person businesses where, in many cases, I would say um, the person is the brand. Well, firstly, perhaps that's where I should start. Do you is is that the right position to take? Do you think? Do you think if you're running a one person business, and let's imagine that perhaps you want to keep it as a one person business, so you're, um, let's say, an independent professional, and we can come up with a you know, an example of a business, if you like, but let's say we're an independent professional, you know, an aspiring Mark Newson, let's say, Um, is it, is it right that the brand is the person first off? Um, I work with a lot of what I call, and if you look in my book, the build side of businesses. Um, And very much these days, um, you can't have a one person business and hide away because, um, everybody's googling everybody now you know mm. before i get on a call with you i'm googling you to see who you are what you do and 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 are you credible in your space so yes you're exactly right to be the brand is uh is what you have to be looking at these days because everybody's looking to you for that as you grow your profile will pull the market to you to be able to grow the brand itself and to grow the client base um, years ago, you could hide if you wanted to, but nowadays it's not possible. Mm. So, I mean, let, are you okay to talk about um, Mark Newson for a moment? Yeah, of course. Yeah, look, just happens to be one of my all-time major heroes. Ah, uh, yeah. just thinking, and I keep whispering in my son's ear, who's my son has got his eyes on being a designer, and I keep saying, "Be Mark Newson, be Mark Newson." Uh, yeah. um, anyway. But um, let's use his, him as an example, if we can. Yeah. And so here's a designer who has built an astonishing kind of worldwide reputation um, yeah. and did so very much as a person. But still, I would say to a number of people, he still kind of flies under the radar. I imagine a lot of people listening would go, who the heck's Mark Newson? Mm-hmm. You know, but he's and yet in the eyes of his kind of ideal client like to get a gig from the sydney opera house to get a gig from Qantas to do their lounges and their you know their their upholstery and their seating and all of you know it's no mean feat so how how has he managed that sort of how do you get i mean maybe if you don't want to get too personal with him how do you get to be that person who gets on the radar of somebody like Qantas? Um, well, first off, Mark was an incredibly talented designer, and I st- he's that my helps. first client, yeah. right? So it does help if you are very good at what you're doing. At mm. the same time, you know, he had a massive belief in himself. He he was forward in you know in in what he wanted to do. And at the time when I worked with him, there was no believe it or not, it wasn't it wasn't online digital. There wasn't podcasts. There wasn't all this amazing stuff that mm. enables you to get a to grow a lot quicker with your profile than he, than he could. Mm. Um, so when, when I was working with him, um, we were launching, he did a car with Ford and mm. he had his icky pod watch and he had, and he, and as KPI would teach you, he had an incredible book that he launched and it was his Mark Newsom book. And so all the fantastic projects that he did went into his Mark Newsom book and we launched the Mark Newsom book with Booth Clibben. 
And what happened was everybody was able to look and see all the fantastic work that he was doing, which then opens up the market. Now, yes, he was globally recognized. And at the time we were getting, he designed a car for Ford. Mm. Um, it was a concept car and he was getting, the whole world was looking at him. Now, what we teach people is if you can raise your profile through something what we call Google fame, own your Google, own your Google mark. Don't let Google own it for you. So own what you put out online and mm. own your profile online. That means you're the first step on your own fame ladder, which okay. is called Google fame. The second step on the ladder is endorsement fame. That means that like Mark, Mark had in, in the world before Google, he had a profile. He had people that wanted to know him. What then happens is people then want him to endorse their brand. That's the second step on the ladder. Mm. So other brands will then pull to him to go, Mark, you know, will you work with Qantas? Will you work with Nissan? Will you work with, you know, he worked with lots of different brands. Um, Forgive me, Lizzie. What was the title of that? So Google fame is the first one. The second one, endorsement. What title did you use for that? So it's endorsement fame. So oh, endorsement the second, fame, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. it's like it's, and, and that is what it is. So the second step on the ladder, what we call the third step on the ladder is advocacy fame. That means that then a Richard Branson will might come to you and go, uh, become an advocacy with me. You come and do something with me and we'll do something together. So hmm. Richard Branson goes to Necker Island and he invites Tim Ferriss and he invites other people to go with him. Um, that's called advocacy fame. The fourth one is guru fame, where you can then stand out on your own. You are Richard Branson. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's go. What a, a lovely path. So let's go. Let's, if I can, let's take a couple of those step by step. So, um, yeah. firstly, again, let's let's pull it back. Well, not, yeah, pull it across to kind of our community. So let's put it yes. in. Uh, I'm going to try and tease it into kind of um, responses where where our community can really use this in their business. So your first point, really clear, Google fame. So your first thing yeah. there you're saying is, uh, and as you mentioned, you Googled me before we spoke today. So fingers crossed yeah. that was all right. But um, <laughs> it's obviously all right. Uh, sorry about those pictures on YouTube. That was a long time ago. Um, but so to what extent then for somebody, not necessarily starting out, but somebody that's um, – in business now, maybe has been in business for a couple of years, that's what they should be doing. Is it Googling their own name, having a good look at, okay, what is coming up and to what extent can I control what's coming up? Is that right? Yeah. However, I would take one step back before they're doing that. Mm. What I talk, what I teach people um, on the program is own your brand DNA and own your personal DNA. So, of course, but, you know, Google yourself. Everybody should be Googling themselves. Have a look and see what's showing up for you. What are you at the moment being seen as? What is your brand? So, and what you have to be looking at is click images and see how, what images are coming up and also click the text and see what text is coming up. Now, then you take a step, what I would call, and do your brand DNA and your personal DNA and you design what your blueprint is that you want to be known for. So, I mean, and I have the first chapter in my book, it's very easy to do and it's in a game form and you're able to design out your blueprint. So what you're not always stand for and what you want to be known for, who you're talking to and so forth. Then mm. you have 
the blueprint, you know what your brand wants to be and what you want to be, then you can craft your story out and, and play and design your fame chart according to what you want to be known for. So some people may go, I just want to be an influencer in my market. I'm a, you know, I want to influence the sector. Like KPI says, I want to be a key person of influence, mm. but I don't want to be known outside that sector. I, I don't want to be famous. Other people come to me and go, I want to be the Richard Branson. I want to be the guru mm. fame. Other people come to me, bigger companies, and go, I want to do the advocacy model. So I don't personally want to be Richard Branson, but I recognize that in order to have fame with for my business, I need to build a number of different people around it and um, and be able to do that. Yeah, okay. So with Sarah, with, I think I'm turning you into Victoria Beckham when she, didn't she famously say she wants to be as famous as Omo, which I thought was a, you know, a, a wonderful thing to say again years before the, the internet is kind of became what it is today. Exactly. But, anyway. but let's, let's go back to that first bit if we can then. So you, and I think you touched on it. So um, I love this notion of, of, of really uh, having a sense that you can and should control exactly what is seen um, when people look for you on Google. And I mean, it's, it, sh- it shouldn't come as kind of news to me, but, but seemingly it is um, that we should, of course, do this. But um, and at the point that you raised there as well with, um, with KPI, where some people say, well, look, I don't want to be guru fame. I don't want to be as famous as Richard Branson. I don't want to walk down the street and be hounded by blondes all the time. You know, so yeah. you don't, don't want to go that far. Then is this also, is this pointing to a need for clarity of where you're going to focus your your kind of profile raising? It, it surely does, doesn't it? So like with, there are so, uh, sorry, I'm rabbit, whispering on a bit here, but there are so many opportunities, places, you know, we can be famous on, Gee, the seagull sounds like. Uh, we can be so <laughs> famous on uh, Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Google+. You know, yeah. presumably the first point is where's right for you and focus on that. Yeah, so we teach people. We have um, a, a fame chart where when you come on the program, we actually draw out for you where do you want your brand to be and where do you want to be? Um, And so we actually design your fame chart out according to where you want to be. Mm. And then we decide on whether you want to be at the front of the business, whether you want to kind of be in the middle. So you're kind of happy to be a bit at the front, but you don't want to be too profile or you, or you want to be a supporting role and be at the back. Once we know that we can, you can then look at, okay, if you don't want to be at the front of the business, and even if you're a one man band, you still have to be promoting your business so that the market will pull to you. So bring some advocates and bring other people around you do, you know, what you're doing, do a radio show, do a, do something that's going to draw other people into the business to be able to bring the community around you to raise the profile of the brand. But the first thing you have to do is know where are you playing on your fame game? Mm. What does that look like for you? Um, and then it changes over time as people get more confident, you know, um, as people understand what your voice is, what you want to say, people start to then go, actually, I'm quite happy to do a, an interview or do a radio show or speak on stage eventually or something like that. Mm. And in the early days, perhaps you're not. But your confidence grows with the business and with the brand. Yeah, okay. Look, I, I like that. And clearly this is all laid out very nicely in your book, Brand Famous. And we'll, is, we'll come yeah. on to <laughs> I thought it might be. We'll come on to that <laughs> a bit more at the end. So we've 
looking at Google fame, I understand that. Endorsement fame then. So that's really, presumably this is all about uh, garnering testimonials and having people talk about what you do and just again showing on Google and on your website and everywhere else that other people think well of the work that you do. Is, is that what you're basically talking about there? Uh, it's a bit more than that. What okay. we talk about for endorsement fame is that the mark, so Google fame is, I now have a Google profile. So you Google, you Google somebody um, and they show up all over the internet, but as their brand. So you've designed yourself how you want to show up on Google. What then happens is the market starts pulling to you and, and, and brands and influencers start seeing you have a profile. Hmm. So then they pull to you and they want you to endorse their brand. Right. So now, and they want you to partner with their brand. So you refer to Mark Newson and Qantas. Mark Newson would have been in this world a Google fame, right? Yep. So then Qantas and other brands pull to him and go, partner with me. I think yep. you're amazing. Now I want you to put your name with my name and so forth. Hmm. And that's what endorsement fame means. So the, the the first part that you mentioned is actually still Google fame. That is building your profile. Okay. But clearly in the case of Qantas, they also said, and by the way, we'll pay you a few hundred thousand dollars to exactly. partner with us. Exactly. So this is us. endorsement fame. This, <laughs> yes. this means you're now getting paid to endorse other people's brands. Mm, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it, the, the, uh, the way sort of uh, things have shifted because it wasn't so long ago that um, the way you'd view that is, well, uh, Qantas wanted someone to design their lounges so they found a really good designer whereas now yeah. it's so much more than that it's not just that uh, Qantas want a good designer they want a well-known famous world you know world branded designer to do their work it's it's really shifted isn't it and it's one more step than that so what's happened now the world that we're in at the moment um, is the world of what I call YouTube fame. So that's where we're at the moment. So I don't know. Do you know Zuella? Not personally, no. <laughs> she's a huge, she's a huge YouTube phenomenon and okay. many more like her. I'm I sure think. my son will know her, but I don't know. Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> and um, so what, what these brands are doing is they're going, well, we want you. We want you as the brand. We want your community. We, you are now a channel for us to be able to sell products. So Zuella has how many millions of people on her on her following on YouTube? So somebody, a brand partners, Nike or whoever partners with Zuella, um, they then get access to those two and a half million or three million or hundred million or whatever it is that mm. somebody's got on their channel to be able to to be able to sell their product through. So the role is reversed. What used to happen is you want to partner with Nike because they've got the channel. Now these people, these individuals, have also got the channel. Mm. which makes them very desirable. But again, look, not and accepting that my knowledge of Zoella goes back about a minute now. Um, <laughs> so I don't know Everybody whether... Everybody will be uh, Googling Zoella now, won't they? Oh, yeah, they'll all be sending me, you know, rude emails saying, what, why yeah. haven't you never, why have you never heard of Zoella? Exactly. Anyway, but for those people who are maybe sitting there listening, well, I don't want a profile on, fa yeah. on on YouTube with millions of followers. You know, I'm a, uh, I don't know what I might be, let's say I'm an alternative therapies practitioner and I mm -hmm. just want to open my uh, door to my therapy studio and find three people waiting to come and see me. You yeah. know, so pulling it right back down to that sort of level. So how does, how does 
assuming we don't want that much fame, but we want enough fame to keep the phone ringing, do we still yeah. take lessons out of this? Yeah. So we take that back to then the first step on the ladder, which is Google fame. Yeah, okay. And what we talk about is that there's two types of entrepreneurs. There's the first type of entrepreneur that gets out of bed so at six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, they're stressing because they haven't got any money in this month. You know, they've got to go and push the market They're, You know, they're ringing constantly. They're chasing sales, you know, and, 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 and they're feeling, you know, slightly stressed and a bit down. Yeah. There's the other entrepreneur that gets up at 11, goes and has a coffee with their partner, um, opens up their email about midday, has five clients in their inbox, has somebody that's asking them to do a speaking engagement, somebody else, a journalist that's ringing them going, would you do an article for me? Another one that's going, would you would you um, come on my podcast and speak to my audience? That's the person that's got a profile. Hmm. Now, I know which person I would like to be because I know the type of life that I want to live. Yep. And, um, you know, and so by doing that, it means your profile pulls the market to you and it's all about energy what type of energy do you want to have um for your business mm, okay. so do you want do you want to push the market or do you want to pull the market all right so what what i heard you describing there then to a degree this your whole sort of brand famous concept is kind of a bus and you can stay on it for the whole journey and go through all these various stops or you can get off at stop one if you want and have a little look around and then come and hop back on and do it. Okay. All right, good. I'm, I'm <clears throat> caught, I've caught up with you now. I'm a bit slow at these things. So let's go to, <laughs> let's have a look at advocacy fame. So this is, this was the one where you cited uh, Richard Branson. So what? That's guru fame. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So what's yeah. the distinction between endorsement fame and advocacy fame? Um, so advocacy fame um, is where, so you've now, so you've got your profile, which is Google fame. You've mm. done endorsement fame. So the brands and everybody are pulling to you. Now you're on the next step, which is Richard Branson's in the market. And he goes, hi, hi, Lindsay. Mm. Would you come to Necker Island with me and three of my friends, Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin and whoever? Yeah. Um, and would you run something with us? Your profile is so big now. And your brand is so big because this is not just about if you want to just do profile, then that would be celebrity fame. Mm. This is about brand fame. So you're building your brand. Remember, there's three pillars, brand, people, person. It's about the brand and the person yeah. and the purpose. Um, but now Richard Branson's ringing you going, hey, would you come and do, you know, would you come and be an advocate with me? I'm doing this, you know, four of us, we're going to go and. Uh, teach people how to build a famous brand. Got you. Okay. All right. I'm I'm following all that, and and look, I've had to disconnect my phone because I'm speaking to you on the podcast, and the ringing noise would interrupt. But that is probably he's probably ringing me now. But it's he uh, is he yeah. is. I'm sure he's trying to get through. Let's let's yeah. go right back to your three pillars, and let's look at this the, the pull apart the people side for a moment. So yeah. We've been talking largely about brand now. Now we talk. Let's just look at people and culture. So, again, imagine where people is in the singular. It's person, and it's culture. How how should we be really? How should that sort of manifest again in a, in a one person business? Do you think? Um, what we talk about is that <clears throat> the best scenario is to have, or in a bigger organisation, you would have the brand internally being. Uh, 
being your internal comms because yep. what happens is in a, in a bigger organization the brand is the external comms and the culture is the internal comms what we're now teaching people is to have the culture as your external marketing comms and the brand as the internal comms so hmm. that means that everybody within the organization and even with a one person with a one person business it's exactly the same if you understand what your brand is, then you're able to articulate the story clearly in your, for a one person business in an elevator pitch. Yep. So you can say to people 10 seconds, 30 seconds, three minutes, who you are, what you want to do and what you want to be known for. Mm -hmm. And then that, all that literature goes onto everything that you do. So understand your brand DNA. Then what you want to be doing is putting the culture piece out as a marketing tool. So People now buy into the purpose. So for a bigger organization, <clears throat> the culture piece would be, you know, what is the culture of the business and what is the purpose that sits around it? And then market that for a one man band. You're still putting that out to the to the world. So people buy into TED Talks. Why do they buy into TED Talks? They're not buying into the commercial aspect of it, although they are buying into the business leader. Mm. They're buying into the purpose. They're buying into the culture. They're buying into why people are doing it and who are they talking to and what shift are they wanting to make for the new era to take the world into a new era yeah okay and look and I, I i i can't and won't disagree with any of that but how would you how do you think people are like I'm, I'm thinking again mainly of small businesses generally and you know you can you can speak openly here because there's very few people yeah. listening um <laughs> <laughs> how do you think small businesses are generally doing this i mean i see a lot of the big end of town making a bit of a mess of some of this stuff. Me too. Um, you know, not um, it's kind of churning it out a bit. Like it's as if a consultant's come in and written some nice words for them, but they're yeah. not really practicing it. How do you think it's translating to the small end of town? How do you think we're all going as individuals? A lot better. <laughs> and the bigger ones. I led. I think I led the witness there. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I'll give you an example. I, yeah. So obviously I work with big organizations as well. I also work with, I also, my school, uh, my school works with early stage growth businesses. So, and I go in and work in universities and, and, and speak and teach and so forth. Mm. And first off, the youth are doing it better than anyone. Right. So they're doing it much better than the early stage growth businesses. They live it, eat it, breathe it. They are, you know, they are all about designing their business. They, are, I don't need to teach them. Well, that's because they're living at the home with the, the people and the purpose. No, they're all living at home with mum and dad. They haven't got to worry about anything, have they? That's isn't that half of the reason? No, it's because they're living in the new world, so oh, okay. they totally understand how. Um, that they, you know, that number one, the Y Gen only buys into brand. The second one is they understand that you have to have a profile online because everything's online. Mm. And the third one is they're all buying into, you know, they're all watching TED Talks. They're looking at authentic, real content. They were brought up with Zuellas and so forth. So, you know, they're designing their businesses for a new world and they want to shift. They want to make a difference. So they're the easiest ones to work with. The mm. second one then is the early stage growth businesses, which is the school. Yep. And what we do is we, we because we're able to get them very early on, we're, do, we're designing their brand DNA and their personal DNA straight away before going into product. So even though they're coming on the, on the, on the program with their product, 
we're then going, okay, you've got your product. Now let's do your brand and your personal DNA so that you understand your blueprint. That blueprint will grow, but it but the but it's like you the DNA of a person, right? You are who you are, yep. and that will never change. So as you grow up, it will shift and mold and change, but your DNA stays the same. It's the same when you design your brand and your personal brand. Your DNA stays the same, but it shifts and molds as you grow up. So mm. that's what we're doing. And so it's easy then. And I think the early stage growth businesses are the blend between the Y gen and the kind of, you know, they've got a foot in both camps. Yeah. So, so they do, you know, they do recognize the importance of this. Whereas when you work with a bigger organization, they're kind of set in their ways. And so you're having to go in and reteach something to people that have been doing things for hmm. a long time in a certain way. Well, and I suppose to some extent, you know, you're, um, you're speaking to an old boy at the moment. And, um, you know, we know that a, a large chunk of, of our community are in the sort of Gen X baby boomer side. So yeah. that's that sense we probably fall into that same sort of um, behavior to some extent that you're describing there for corporate. So throw me something here what help what what hope is there for us well every bit look i'm not i'm not a young bun right <laughs> so um and i work with a lot of people from different ages mm. it's all about mindset and, and 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 the entrepreneurial market knows that better than anyone right yeah so you know i'm i'm a serial entrepreneur i'm you know i've had i started a business at 18 then you know sold sold my second one at 20, 20 then had another one at 24 so you're always having to um learn relearn um you know change mold grow etc so how willing is everybody prepared to to do that and if you're an entrepreneur if you've got that entrepreneurial spirit you love it and you grow with it and you learn and you re-educate and that's how you keep ahead of the times the beauty of it is that the older generation has the knowledge so the younger generation is hungry for knowledge hence why ted talks and networking events have become so popular mm. you know so if if um if the older generation can allow the younger generation to help them grow in, in, in areas that they're perhaps not as advanced on and do a lovely natural sharing of knowledge, then it's a win-win situation. Oh, that's a nice idea, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's, yeah and I guess also that might, all, that might explain some of the growth that we see around the place of mentoring. And so yeah. we find so many uh, younger startup businesses on our forums that are looking for mentors looking for people that can help them so i guess um yes there's 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 hope for us isn't there and i think <laughs> i think the um the idea of of pairing um someone who's you know been around a while with with the kind of youth in the early stage i, I think that's that's a lovely notion so look um it's it's fantastic to talk with you and i think you're clearly um anyone listening to this is going to want to have a look at your book i think brand famous and Thank it you. spells that out um and i think that those of us in business even those of us that have been in business for a while it's so important that we do embrace um, so much of this and at least un try and understand it and look at it. Um, and there's, because we cannot just pretend this isn't going on. You know, there's, no. there are so many different ways to market, promote, and grow our businesses, and we'd be crazy not to look at it. So I thank you for sharing your time. Now, just tell us a little bit more. So you're coming out here. When exactly? Where can people get to see you if they want to see you? 
Um, well, I'm coming out and I'm speaking at the Sherlaws conference okay. on this topic on the 9th and 10th of October. And that's going to be um, at SeaWorld, which I've never been to on the Gold Coast. Oh, I hear you'll it's love it. You'll love yeah, it. Yeah, I can't wait. But that's just, that, okay, that's not for public then. That's for that's for Sherlaws people, I'm guessing. Uh, no, that's for people can come and to the conference oh, okay, and fine. sign up. So, yeah, right. it's, for, it's definitely for, for your audience. Okay, good. And then I am launching my brand famous school over in Australia which I'm incredibly excited about Mm -hmm. and that's going to be on the 19th and 20th in Sydney and that is very much for your audience okay so um, early stage growth businesses I have my school it's uh, the methodology I'm teaching it and you will come on and design your brand DNA on the program so I would love to open that space up invite some of your your people on all right so that's the 19th and 20th of October in Sydney, yeah, yes, of October. In okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, look, when will this uh, podcast will be getting published for then? So we'll um, have a look and see if you've got some definite dates or places that we can uh, direct people to. But in the meantime, Fantastic. what's the best web address to go to find you? It's uh, we should just head to uh, your own website, I think, or or we should lindsayboyd.com. Just... Yes. And you can also so lindsayboyd.com will have all the information for this for the school and sherlawsgroup.com. Mm-hmm. Um, has all the information for the conference. Okay, fantastic. Well, look, I, we better get off the call because I, I, I think Richard's getting a bit fed up not being able to get through to me, so better get on Okay, yes, that. exactly. All right, exactly. sure. Okay, look, right. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. Lovely chatting with you. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thanks. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 